everyone and welcome to a new episode of This Week in Maldives by Rasho MV. I'm your host Afaf Adam and on this podcast we're going to talk about the latest news, hot topics and weird trends going on in our little island nation. So in last week's episode I talked about diet culture and the weight loss scam. Basically these laxative teas that are scams not only in the sense that they scam you out of your health but also out of your money. In that vein, in today's episode, we're also going to be talking about scams, but a different type, the more general type where people call, pretend to be someone else, and basically fraud you out of your money. It's been reported that by June 2021, a total of 7.4 million Maldivian rufia was lost to scammers. This was revealed in an interview with Superintendent of Police Ali Faiz on the state TV PSM and he said that there has been 226 cases of scams reported to the police in 2020 in which 3.5 million Maldivian rupiah was lost. The pandemic was a rough time for everyone around the globe but for scammers it seemed to be a really good opportunity. During the pandemic, the number of scams just rose exponentially. Ever since social media and internet banking has gotten more common in Maldives, it's also increased the number of scams. The most common type of scam that we see is the BML scam, but there are also other types like the currency exchange scam, there's the job scam, there's also the scam where people buy goods from a shop and give them a fake transfer slip. But first we're going to dive into the BML scams because it seems that the most common type is people pretending to be from the Bank of Maldives and asking people to share their internet banking passwords, details, whatever, all their personal information, which they shouldn't have, by the way. BML has been trying to raise awareness about scams and they warn against three types on their website. The first is fraudulent calls, the second is phishing SMSs and then phishing emails. So fraudulent calls is when they pretend to be from BML by spoofing or faking their number, masking their number. Then there's the phishing SMS, which is when somebody fakes or masks their phone number and send you a hoax message that appears to come from BML and then trick you into revealing your personal details again. Normally the Bank of Maldives does send you an SMS so that you can pick up your debit card or a return check, but they won't ask you for your personal information, your card details or any of those things. The trick with these SMSs is that usually it includes a link. Whether accidentally or not, if someone clicks on that link, it can infect your computer or your mobile phone with a virus, send you to a fake BML page and use that page to capture your username and password. And then phishing emails are the same as scam SMSs. It gives you a link that can infect your computer with spyware and then they get your password and your username and use that. Since scammers pretending to be from BML have been on the rise, some people have gotten wiser and when they get such a call, they are able to tell the difference between a fake one and a real BML employee. So even if you didn't end up giving your username or your password for your BML internet banking to the scammer and the scam call has failed, 
they can still lose their money because the scammer can have their emails hacked and then use that to access their personal banking information. So because of that, BML has taken an extra step to stop this and they made adjustments to their OTP system and they have gotten rid of their email verification option altogether. So starting from December last year, all transactions need to be authorized using an OTP number via SMS or using the Google or Microsoft Authenticator app. Now moving on to the currency exchange scams. So we know that a lot of people buy and exchange dollars on the black market and they buy them through messaging apps like Telegram and WhatsApp. And sometimes these people who sell on the black market, they end up scamming these people instead because what you're doing is actually illegal. So it creates more of a space for them to scam you. In the interview I mentioned earlier, the police said that there were 72 such cases of currency exchange scams and it amounted to a loss of 1.4 million Maldivian Rufia. Now like I said, you're buying US dollars on the black market and some of these scammers, in order to protect themselves from getting caught, they ask their victims for a proof of identity and then threaten to expose them if they report to the police. I found this on the Facebook page Maldives Scammers. So looking through it, it's all about currency exchange scams and in between they do have some random accusations. I know that the name Maldives Scammers sounds like it's a group promoting scammers in Maldives but it's actually an anti-scam group and they're trying to help people avoid scammers that are in Maldives so the name kind of threw me off but doesn't matter they're doing a good thing and in this group they have uploaded many many screenshots of people who have been scammed out of their money after somebody promised to sell them US dollars and then flaked out. Now I understand why a lot of people buy from the black market because there are many medical or educational reasons that someone could need dollars for and honestly Bank of Maldives is very annoying to deal with. They're very bureaucratic and in such a way that it's not helpful to regular people. I would say their customer service is very lackluster but there's very little we can do to criticize them because they are practically one of the few options that we have in terms of banking in the Maldives. So who are these people who organize these scams and are carrying them out on such a large scale that they have scammed millions of Rufia from the Maldivian public? Going back to that 2021 interview with the police, the chief inspector said that these scam calls originate from prisons and that these scammers pretend to be other people, representatives from shops, organizations and companies. And the numbers that these prison inmates slash scammers are using are registered under foreigners and that over 800 numbers could be registered to one individual. And because of this, it makes it extremely hard for the police to find the people and recover the funds. Now what's interesting to me is that the Bank of Maldives has denied this. 
They refuted these allegations during a parliamentary committee on state-owned enterprises meeting that took place in late November 2022. BML's chief compliance officer, Mariam Hamid, said that the rumors are only on social media and that there's no evidence to support that this is being done by inmates. And then she goes on to say that there is no way to confirm that these calls originate from a certain place and that the modest police service hasn't shared any information like that either. So it's strange because the police has said this about an year ago. So I don't know why she can say that there isn't any evidence when the police made this statement and it's not just only social media rumors. So it's funny that she said that because two weeks after this parliamentary meeting, in the first week of December, there was a raid in Mafuji prison after there were intel reports of scams and acts of terrorism. The Maldives Correctional Service made this announcement on Twitter saying that the operation came after intel reports that there was a group of individuals who were trying to smuggle phones into the prison complex to scam other people. And even earlier this year, the Maldives Police Service during a press conference said that they have made many efforts to stop scam calls by blocking SIM cards. They said that a total of 2,196 numbers have been blocked and 817 phones have been blacklisted. Also, 12 websites and 8 IP addresses have also been blocked. Police confirmed that these SIM cards are taken under the name of foreigners or migrant workers who no longer live in the Maldives so while the police have taken some good steps in preventing scams, the Bank of Maldives has also tried to raise awareness to prevent scam calls. They have made several awareness videos and posts on social media and traditional media and even via SMS and informed the public that people can steal your internet banking information through unknown links and sometimes in circumstances where the phone is taken to a repair shop and the personal data could be swiped from there. It seems that BML is taking these scam calls very seriously now because of the rapid rise in these cases. They say that if they receive a complaint, they will immediately block the bank account in which the money was deposited into. When these accounts are blocked, if the money is still in the account, it will be put on hold and once the official investigation by authorities is over, that fund, those funds will be returned. One of the steps the police has taken is to establish an economic crime department and they have started a 100-day action plan to crack down on scam cases. In this 8-step action plan, it seems that they're mostly trying to raise awareness. Considering how much money has been lost to scammers, it means that these people are effective. I think an important part of raising awareness about scams should be to understand why people fall for scams as well. So I looked into the psychology behind it. And it seems that these scammers, they use certain psychological tactics. Psychologists say that the main technique scammers take advantage of is the optimism bias. This means that people, as in like healthy, well-adjusted adults, 
they don't go around thinking that something bad is going to happen to them because they're not constantly paranoid. So they don't go around thinking that, oh, this is the worst case scenario. They would much rather give people the benefit of the doubt when they do come across a scam. Another technique is the truth bias and that is technically the human tendency or just the general human assumption that people aren't lying. You believe that if someone says the same thing repeatedly and consistently that they're probably telling the truth. And once again, if you're not a paranoid, anxious person, you probably won't suspect that someone is lying to you. Then finally, the most popular and the one that we see most commonly happening in Maldives. So this is basically an intimidation tactic where they claim to be from an official government source or some sort of official authority. And they use the name and reputation of this established authority so that they can get the victims to trust them. The sad part is that if a person has been a scam victim before, they are likely to be a scam victim again. And according to studies, this is because they have certain traits such as compliance, low self-esteem and complacency. Some psychologists say that scammers are sociopathic and they have this belief that social rules don't apply to them and they lack empathy for other people. They have a tendency to place the blame on the victim, calling them stupid, and that's what we see regular people who find out about someone being scammed react as well. And I think that's why we don't hear a lot about people sharing their stories of getting scammed, because they're embarrassed. And when they do share, people who are misinformed come at them and say that, oh, it's because they're probably uneducated or because they have low self-esteem and whatnot. There's this documentary series by National Geographic. It's called Trafficked with Mariana Vanzella. The episode is called Scams. And in this episode, they talk to actual scammers and ask them why they do it. And their responses are in line with what these psychologists have said. Their responses are very sociopathic and they also blame their victims for being lonely and stupid. They also reveal that they spend a lot of time, they also reveal that they spend a lot of time just calling people randomly and sometimes it will just stick. And that's what I want to highlight that scams can happen to anyone. Anybody can be a victim of a scam because all it takes is the right circumstances. There's this YouTuber called Jim Browning. He's a software engineer and he has a YouTube channel. So his channel focuses around stopping scams, making people aware of scams. And so basically he pranks scammers and call centers that are engaged in scamming. He gave this interview to Vice World News to talk about scam call centers and online scams in general. And he shared that he also has been scammed through a phishing email by someone pretending to be from Google or YouTube and he ended up losing his YouTube channel for a day. You might think it's unbelievable that someone who runs a YouTube channel trying to raise awareness about scams and prevent them could fall for it themselves. But the truth is all it takes is for the right circumstances, 
for the scammer to use the right psychological tactics that will work on you. It's just that the scammers got lucky and you got unlucky. So while we're trying to raise awareness about scams and try to prevent people from falling victim to them, let's try to be more empathic towards them as well. Falling for a scam could happen to anyone and it's not a judgment of your character or your intelligence. And with that, that's all I have for you today. Thank you for listening and I hope you join me on the next episode. Once again, I'm your host Afaf Adam with Rashu MV. I hope you have a good day ahead.